0: Hey, this is Pastor Jeff Workmeister of Elevate Church and welcome to our podcast. I wanna thank you for listening today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the podcast. So happy you're here today. If you have a Bible, um, please pull out your Bible. If you don't, it's all good. We'll have it on the screen for you. Go with me to the book of Luke. We were, um, we were at the Chosen Christmas event the other night and my son Luke said to me, Dad, his name's Luke also. And I was like, yeah, you might be named after him, okay? <laughs> it was so cute. Luke 1, verse 30, said so the angels said to her, don't be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. How many want to find favor with God? You're like, man, that that is where I want to live. Listen carefully. You will conceive in your womb and give birth to a son and you shall name him Jesus. Now, Mary looks to the angel and says, "I, I don't understand this. Me and Joseph were not married. We haven't slept together. How could this happen? And the angel replies The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for this reason, the holy, pure, sinless child shall be called the Son of God. Luke chapter 2 verse seven, it says this, "'When they arrived in Bethlehem, "'Mary went into labor and she gave birth "'to her firstborn son, Jesus. "'And she wrapped the newborn baby in strips of cloth, "'and Mary and Joseph laid him in a feeding trough, "'since there was no available space "'in the upper room of the village.'" Before Jesus, there was only one way to find forgiveness and to find grace, and that was through a spotless lamb. They would find a perfect spotless lamb that had no bruising, no broken bones, no spots, and they would take the spotless lamb and the priest would inspect the lamb, not the people. The priest didn't ask about their year. The priest never asked them about what had happened over the last 12 months. He never inspected their marriage or their life, their mistakes, their failures. He inspected the lamb. Made sure that the lamb was pure and made sure the lamb was ready for the sacrifice that it would make for the people's sins so they could find grace in that new year. And that lamb would be sacrificed and the blood would be poured out and the blood was poured out for a remission of their sins. Now I'm so thankful that today We didn't come to elevate and bring a bunch of lambs and we don't have an altar up here and we're not sacrificing, blood's not squirting all over the place. And I I don't think a lot of people would come at that point, okay, to be honest with you. We might have a call from PETA, okay? (laughs) But this was the only way. Now, when Mary gives birth, she doesn't give birth to just a son, she gives birth to Jesus. Remember what the Bible said, the holy, pure, sinless child. What Mary really doesn't understand is that Jesus would become our spotless lamb, that Jesus would become the one that would make a sacrifice for us so that we could be forgiven, so that we could find victory, so that we could overcome. Jesus would become our spotless lamb. And so Mary takes strips of cloth, kind of just like this, Nothing special. And she takes the strips of cloth and she wraps her new son, Jesus, in the strips of cloth. And unbeknownst to Mary, Mary is prophetically preparing Jesus for his future. Now, when Joseph and Mary went on this journey to Bethlehem, this would have just been tradition. It would have been actually unlawful for them to not carry clean strips of cloth. Because according to the law, they weren't allowed to touch anything that was dead. And Mary and Joseph knew that on a long journey that this was gonna be to Bethlehem, that they may come across somebody who had been robbed or attacked and somebody who had lost their life. And according to the law, they could not touch that body with their hands because if they touched that body with their hands, they would become unclean. And so Mary and Joseph had packed strips of cloth, not for the living, but actually for the dead. At that day and time, it was actually pretty common that women during childbirth wouldn't make it through. It's not like today. Somebody has a baby, it's an exciting day. We go to the hospital and we have modern medicine and great doctors and nurses. And we have, you know, babies being born left and right. But at that day and time, for a woman to make it through childbirth was a, was a big deal. Not everybody made it through, and sometimes the child didn't make it through, and so I have to believe that Mary, in the back of her head, might have thought, maybe I won't make it through. Maybe I will be just like my ancestors, because in Genesis chapter 35, verse 16, it says this, then they journeyed to Bethel, and when they were still some distance away to Bethlehem, Rachel gave birth but had difficulties and suffered severely. And in verse 18, it says that Rachel actually passed away during childbirth. And I know that Mary knew that story very well. And I'm sure somewhere inside of her, she might've thought, maybe I'm going to pack these not for somebody else, but I'm gonna pack them for myself. So I might not make it through. Why am I sharing this? It's so interesting. This wasn't even my message. I had my message done on Tuesday. I was so excited. I was like, oh, thank God. It's done. Got in here yesterday, started to pray, and the Holy Spirit said, "No, I got something different. how many of you know when the Lord has a different direction or a change in your life, you just follow the direction, you follow the change, you follow wherever the Lord is leading? And the reason I'm sharing this with you is because if you understand the true story of Christmas, the real story of Christmas, it has a power to change your life. Now, I love... American traditional Christmas, okay? I love the lights. We'll drive around our neighborhood and we'll actually judge uh, different houses and give them scores and make fun of houses that we don't think are the best. Don't act like you don't do it, okay? (laughs) Okay. I love Christmas cookies, especially the ones that you make and you give them to me. Those are the best Christmas cookies, okay? You know, last couple of services, I know he's not in here now, but Santa was sitting in service. and I was like, I get to preach to Santa. I mean, how great is that? I love our traditions, and I love when we gather our family, and I love when we give out gifts, and I love those memories, and I love those moments. But here's what I know. None of those traditions, none of those moments have the power to save your soul. None of them have the power to change your life. There's only one thing that truly has that power, and it's the real story of Christmas. Luke chapter two, verse eight. That night in the field in Bethlehem, shepherds were watching over their flock, and suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared in radiant splendor before them, lighting up the field with the blazing glory of God. And the shepherds were terrified. But the angels reassured them, saying, Do not be afraid, for I have come to bring you good news. Praise God. With all the bad news in the world, with all the craziness happening, with all this stuff on the news constantly, and social media, thank God. Today is a day that we celebrate good news. He said, I bring you good news. The most joyful news the world has ever heard, and it's for everyone Everywhere. Praise God. Come on, praise God. It's for all of us here today. For today in Bethlehem, a rescuer was born. He is the Lord Yahweh, the Messiah. And you will recognize him by this miraculous sign. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth, lying In a feed trough. Now, when a spotless lamb was born, the Passover lamb was born, it would have been given to the priestly shepherds. And the priestly shepherd's job was to take strips of cloth, wrap that lamb, and lay it in a manger with hay, so that lamb would not be hurt. It would not be bruised. It would not be broken. That it would be perfect for the sacrifice. Because that lamb had one purpose. It was to be sacrificed so they could find forgiveness and grace. Grace. These shepherds, when they come, when they come, they don't find a lamb laying there. But who do they find? They find Jesus. Wrapped just like the lamb, laying in the manger. They find this miraculous sign. See, they find him wrapped in what? Strips of cloth. And they're not just normal strips of cloth. Remember, these are burial strips of cloth. So Mary had no idea that when she wrapped Jesus in the strips of cloth that she was actually declaring to the entire world, this is my son Jesus, and he is here for one purpose and one purpose only, to be the lamb of God slain for the world so that you could be forgiven and renewed and set free. When Mary wrapped Jesus in these these little strips of cloth, she had no idea what Jesus would go on and do for us today. I love the Christmas story. It's the greatest story ever told because it's the only story in human history that actually has the power to give you real, genuine hope. See, in a few days, We're gonna gather for Christmas. We're gonna bring our friends and our family and we're gonna bring gifts and cakes and pies and all kinds of great food and we're gonna get together and we're gonna celebrate Christmas. And all of us are hoping that when we open up our gift, it's actually something that we want. Can I get an amen from anybody? That it's not gonna just be something that you're gonna re-gift 12 months later. I remember when I was 10, I was hoping for a Nintendo. Anybody ever had a Nintendo before? I, I was hoping for that. Now, this is not me. This is just a video of a kid online that was opening a Nintendo back in the day, and I just love his response. He just like goes crazy, has no idea even what to do with himself or his body, and he just kinda has this awesome moment. And I remember when I was 10 having that same moment, like just running around like a psycho in in my living room, throwing my arms in the air, like, I got Nintendo! And I thought, all I need is Mountain Dew and Nintendo. My 10-year-old life was complete. I was set. Until what? That moment wears off. I had so much hope in that moment. I got it, and then... It wears off, and then a few years later, it becomes, uh, if I can just get a car, if, right? I have so much hope. If I can just get a car, I don't care what that car looks like. As long as it has four wheels, and I can drive away from my house and my parents and get away, I- I'm good, right? So, so we have hope, you know, in the car, and then it goes to things like, uh, I have hope in the next season of Life Like College. Work so hard, spend all this money. Oh, I hope I can just graduate, and then once I graduate, then I'll be able to actually make it to the next season of life. I'll be able to get the job that I've always hoped and dreamt for, and then we get the job, and then you know we find our spouse, and we end up getting married, and we just keep thinking and hoping and hoping that the next season will be the next season that will bring the absolute hope and the joy and the peace that your soul is looking for. But I hate to tell you, life will let you down. Life is hard and life is cruel. And I can tell you that so many of you understand this, you've gotten the dream job before. The one that you hoped for, you prayed for, you believed for, you worked hard for, you got to that spot, you got the job, you got the promotion only to find out I hate this job and I hate this promotion and all the stress and all the pressure and all the worry that comes with it, I hate this job. See, life will let you down. You'll get the car, how many you remember a car that you really, really wanted? Like, I'm at the place in life now where I'm like, as long as it drives and it takes me to where I need to go, I'm good to go. But there's always a time in your life, you're like, I need that car. And I remember I needed a red Jetta that was turbocharged because it was like the one, I'm fast and furious. I needed that car, right? And so you get that car, but then that car breaks down and it becomes a money pit, or you get that car and you get pulled over, you get that car and it gets you in an accident. College, yeah, college was fun, but now you're staring down crippling debt, you're wondering if you're ever gonna get out of it, you're wondering if you can ever buy a house, you're chained to it, and it's always, I have so much hope in the next season. The next season will bring the answers. The next season will have the victory. The next season will be the season that I'm actually satisfied in, fulfilled in my heart. The next season will be that season. We keep having hope in the next season, but the next season comes and it doesn't satisfy us. It actually just leaves us with more brokenness and more questions. So, the real question is this: what can we have hope in? Where can we find true, lasting, life-changing hope? Well, for me, I find it right here. I find it in this manger, I find it with these strips of cloth. You know what I love about Jesus? They said, you're going to find him in a feeding trough. Not the palace. Not the best house or not the Ritz-Carlton. They said, you're going to find him in a feeding trough. And I don't know if that means anything to you, but it means a whole lot to me. Because that tells me that Jesus didn't come for just the powerful and the rich and the elite but Jesus actually came for people like me, people that like me where my mom and dad went through divorce, people like me that grew up in poverty, people like me that has brokenness, people like me that has some guilt and some shame, people like me that has not lived a perfect life, people like me, I'm so thankful that Jesus wasn't born in the palace just for the elite, but Jesus was born in a barn, in a feeding trough for people like me to reach people like me. Come on. That's where I find my hope. Where do I find my hope? Where do I find my joy? Where do I find my peace? I find it knowing that Jesus was wrapped in burial cloth. From the moment he was born, He had me in mind. And if I was the only person that would have ever accepted him, he would have done it just for me. He did it for you. He had you in mind. He knew you before you were even born. And he came with one purpose in mind to be your spotless lamb and to give his life for you so that you could find hope, real hope because life life will let you down this world will let you down but I promise you there is one thing that will never never let you down never leave you, never forsake you, even in your lowest moments of life, even when you've messed up the most, even when you've screwed up the most, Jesus is right there. With his grace, that's where I find my hope. 1 John 29 said the next day, John saw Jesus coming to him to be baptized. And John called out, look! Look! Open up your eyes, he said. Not these eyes. He said, open up your spiritual eyes. Open up your heart. You think you know what Christmas is all about. You think you know the meaning. You think you know. And he goes, look, look to the manger. Look to the strips of cloth. Look to the real story of Christmas. He says, there he is. And what does he call him? The Lamb of God the one who would be sacrificed for you and I. And it says this, he takes away the sin of the entire world. And I love how the Greek translates this. The Greek actually translates this that he takes away the burden of sin. Because here's what I know. I've been a pastor a long time. In any conversation I've ever had with any That has sin in their life. They've made poor decisions. And I don't know about you, but I've made some poor decisions. I haven't met the standards of God's perfection. But anybody that I've ever met that has sin or failure or mistake in their life, I've never met one person that has told me that it's led them to more joy and more peace and more happiness. 20 plus years, I've had conversations of how it led them to death, shame, guilt, feeling like a slave to their sin. Never joy, never peace, and never hope. But Jesus, wrapped in strips of cloth, he came to set you free. And he came to give you real hope, tangible hope, hope that will never let you down, hope that will never leave you, hope that will never forsake you, hope that will stick with you for the rest of your life. And that's the hope that I have. The hope that I have is that someday I'm gonna get to go back home to my real father. I'm gonna get to see my king. I'm gonna get to see my savior. My real hope is not in this day and in this life, but it is in the life to come when I get to be with my Jesus. That's where my hope is. Why don't you close your eyes with me? And I want to give you the opportunity to choose that hope today. Maybe you're in here and you've never made that decision to make Jesus the Lord of your life or to, to reach out and to grab onto Jesus. Maybe you did at one point and you walked away from that hope. Oh, I can just feel so much on that right there. You've walked away from your hope But the Bible says that he leaves the 99 to come rescue the one, the one who is lost. So if that's you today, you're at the right place at the right time, and Jesus is here. in this whole service, he's been reaching out to you with his love and his grace. And the Bible tells us that if we confess our sins, And confess to Jesus as Lord. He is faithful to forgive us. See, it's not the wrath of God that leads us to repentance. It's the grace of God. His grace that leads us to a place that we come to him and go, I'm not worthy, Jesus. So we're going to pray a prayer together. And if that's you here today, with every eye closed, I just want you to raise your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. Come on, we're going to pray this prayer together. Say, Father, I today put my hope in Jesus, in Jesus alone. I surrender my life to you. I change my path to follow you. Thank you for coming and giving your life for me. God, I ask that you would fill these people, God, with your joy and your hope in your life and that your love would satisfy their soul like they have never been satisfied before. That you, Holy Spirit, would empower them to follow Jesus. Jesus, we glorify you. We praise you. We praise you, Lord. We thank you, God for such a wonderful gift that you gave us in Jesus. And we celebrate him and him alone. We worship you now. In Jesus' name.